something in those songs, don't you? I really do. I love singing those songs. I had a good day today. It's a beautiful day today. Doug Parks and I went down to the jail today and tag-teamed the prisoners down there. Two of them want to be baptized. Two of them want to be baptized. It was, uh, it's, uh, it's wonderful when people want to hear the Word of God and they respond to it. Doug, Doug talked to them, and then I got to talk to them for a little while and, and uh, found some... Doug found somebody he, he used to teach a long time ago in the jail. So they had a reunion of sorts, I guess. You know? And uh, so uh, it, was a, it was a wonderful day. And then, you know, uh, knowing that Krista, I mean, uh, Mackenzie Elliott, Krista's her mama, Mackenzie Elliott uh, was baptized as well. And that I, I've heard, I heard tell that others are thinking about it as well. So it's wonderful knowing those kinds of things. Last November, when I began to think on what I would preach about in 2011, I did ask on some of the selections, what do I want to learn about? You know, it was all about me on some of the selections. And I knew if I wrote a sermon about the subject that I wanted to learn, uh, that I would learn and I would know more about that subject if I you mean if I got to, if I have to preach it I you know I, I'm going to study and try to learn all that I can about it and, uh, and and the subject today is one that I'm very interested in one of the subjects in 2011 that I wanted to t- that I personally wanted to learn about learn more about was meditation writing this word on my list back in November uh, was is what precipitated the first Sunday evening of every month being a uh, a New Testament word study. Uh, meditate is a New Testament word. Now, uh, this if you're counting, this is the second Sunday. Last week we had one of our missionaries come and speak to us. And so I had already been working on this sermon, so I decided to present it anyway, you know, uh, because I had, again, wanted to study and, and learn it for myself. I, I've set out to learn all that I could about meditation, but also to learn how to put it into practice in my own life. Uh, meditation is a command. I didn't, I didn't know much about meditation as it pertains to the New Testament. But as I studied the scriptures and, and the sermons and notes of such Christian brothers as G.E. Watkins and Leroy Brownlow and, and Mark Copeland, I was surprised and delighted to know that for the longest time I have been a practitioner of biblical meditation, even before I was a preacher. I just happen to do a lot more of it now, I guess. Leroy Brownlow wrote, No matter what your vocation is, your most urgent need is to think. Now, I think that's true. Your most urgent need is to think. No matter what you do for a living, there's no monopoly on thinking. Am I right? No monopoly on thinking. Everybody here can, can think. There will always be a place, Leroy Brownlow wrote, there will always be a place for the man who thinks. And the practice of meditation, though, it's not discussed very much in the church. Many times, anything that seems too much like a false religion, we kind of shy away from it. Uh, Many times for a good reason, we shy away from it. But meditation is a command. You know, maybe command is too strong of a word, but it is a command. Maybe gently instructed to meditate is, is better, but uh, it's a way of saying this, but the fact that the Bible teaches us to meditate is clearly found in God's Word, and, and this meditation 
Biblical meditation is nothing like the, the meditation of Hinduism or, or Buddhism or, or mysticism. All through the Bible, men have been commanded and instructed to meditate. Isaac, in Genesis chapter 24, verse 63, before he met his wife, Rebecca, we have the romantic image of him going out into the field in the evening to meditate. Why? I, you know, I, I can only speculate. I, can, I, I have a pretty good idea. I've been to the third world country, Guyana, and up in the mountains where there's no electricity. You can see all the stars. You, you know, when we look at, this, look at our sky here in, in Tennessee, we've got so much light pollution that, that we really can't see all. There's more, than, there's more than what we see. Did you know that? And man, when you go to places like that where it's totally dark and there's no light pollution whatsoever, I can understand why somebody would go into the field, away from the campfires, in the evening, to meditate. Because when you look up at those stars, when you see the whole Milky Way, you can meditate upon how big God is and how little you are. I can understand why Joseph, I mean Isaac would have done that. I can understand that very, very, very clearly. Joshua, in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, after the death of Moses, he was commanded by the Lord to meditate on the law day and night. The writer of the Psalms, the writer of the first Psalm says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. David, in Psalm 119, verse 99, said, He knew more than his teachers because your testimonies are my meditation. But what does meditation mean to me as a Christian? I mean, we can, we can look in, in the Old Testament. What, what does it mean to me as a Christian? New Testament Christian. Why should I be concerned about making time to meditate? How, how should I meditate? If, if I'm supposed to meditate, how should I meditate. Well, I want to start with two verses by Paul to help us define meditation. Uh, if you would, please turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. I want to define meditation and then define what meditation is not and then what it is. Let's start with Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, where Paul... In his closing thoughts to the Philippians, he says this, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Now, in the King James Version, that's what I was reading there, the, the, the word meditate is used here. But the better translation is, well, any other translation that you've got. The better translation is, is not meditate. I, I love the New, New King James Version, but, but here the word transla translated meditate is, is not the original language word for, for meditate. The word should be translated here. The better translation is think, ponder, dwell on. But we can understand. We can understand why the New King, King James Version translators use the word meditate here because of, of Webster's Dictionary of the word meditate. It's to focus one's thoughts. Focus one's thoughts. Reflect on. Ponder over. To plan in the mind. I had two of my book sources tell me that Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 is a command. 
And then one source said it was a, a present indicative, which is not a command. And I appealed to Christopher Wiles because I, I was in a, in, a, in a rock and a hard place there because I didn't want to say this was a command if it wasn't a command. And he researched it and said it could be either one. Context decided which one it would be. And you know what? Context clearly lands on the side of command. So, we are commanded, gently instructed, we are commanded to think on true, noble, just, pure, lovely, virtuous, praiseworthy things. Another passage. If you turn over to 1 Timothy, where the original word for meditate is used. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15. In verse 12, Paul tells Timothy not to let anyone despise his youth. He, he says to, to be an example in word, conduct, to be an example in love, spirit, faith, purity. He told him to read. He told him to exhort. He told him to give heed to uh, doctrine and don't neglect the gift that he's been given he, that was laid on him. And then it says in verse 15, it, it just says, it commands in verse 15, meditate on these things, give yourself entirely to them. And here's the reason, because we're, we're never given a command without there be a, being a reason behind the command. You know, that's, that's, that's important for us as parents to know too. We should never tell our children nothing unless there's a reason why we're telling them to do something. Not just because I said so. I, think, I don't think that's good enough anymore for me. Here's the, here's the reason. That your progress may be evident to all. You know, when we were born again, we didn't just up know everything, did we? We are progressing, aren't we? We are progressing. And that's what, that's what Paul wants Timothy. He wants them to meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. In Christianity, we are not born with all knowledge. We progress. What is meditation in the Bible? It might be better to start with what meditation is not. This is my Rastafarian on the screen here. As we examine, we'll see that it's not like the meditation of the Eastern religions or the so-called Christian mystics. According to Brother Watkins in my research, Eastern religions and Christian mystics all seek to find or produce an inexpressible feeling to receive an experience from God or like some groups, a revelation or a vision. Many times like some ancient Indian religions or like here, the Rastafarian religion in, in Jamaica, they use drugs. If you notice what was circled there was a, was a pot leaf. They believe that by smoking ganja, as they call it, they can get close to, closer to Jah. That's their word for God. They use drugs to induce visions. These groups attempt to empty the mind so as to find or receive truth. It's a subjective form. A subjective form of meditation. But biblical meditation, biblical meditation as it's defined here, is to dwell on, to imagine, to ponder over, to think on truth or reality already revealed. Already revealed. That's what meditation is. That's what biblical meditation is. An example can be found all through the Psalms. When David was in the wilderness, he said to God in Psalm 63, verse 6, When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you 
in the night watches. I told Brother Avery that I was going to mention him in this sermon. I, I remember when Brother Avery first started coming here, I, I, I told him how one week I was having trouble sleeping to the point that I was counting sheep and I was telling myself the three bears. You know, I'm, I was 42 years old and still telling myself the three bears trying to get to go to sleep. Anything. You know, when you got insomnia, sometimes you'll, you'll tell yourself anything to try to go to sleep. But he said the better thing to do is try to recite as many scriptures as I could. Well, you know what? That works better than the three bears. It does. It works. Like David, meditate on the Lord Himself or His wonderful works, Psalm 77, verse 12. Or His revealed word, Psalm 119, verse 15. Meditation, meditation to the Christian is, is to think on just what Paul listed in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. True things, lovely things, just things, praiseworthy things. The purpose of the command is to nourish to help us understand God and His revealed will. As Mark Copeland said, Christian meditation dwells on that already revealed in creation or inspired revelation. And while others seek some new truth to be revealed, we know that true revelation comes from God's Word. It's already been revealed in God's Word. It is good to understand what Christian meditation is. But why? Why? Should we meditate? Well, first, it is a command, and, and that should settle the fact. That should settle the fact. We, because we are commanded to do something, we should do it, right? We think we can all agree upon that. But there are other reasons to mention. Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that as Christians we were predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. And then Paul writes... In, in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul goes on to say in, to the Colossians, To set their minds on things above, not, of, not on things on the earth. Colossians chapter 3 verse 12. We meditate so that when we, look up, when we look up, we transform our minds to the minds of Jesus. We understand the proverb, proverb 23 verse 7, As a man thinketh, so is he. We understand that. Leroy Brownlow said again, there is power in the mind. There is power in the thought. As you think, so you are. He said, Leroy Brownlow said this, through meditation, we may learn acceptance. To accept the self. He, he gives this scripture, Matthew 6, 27, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to his stature? You can learn to accept others, Matthew 7, verse 3. And why beholdest thou the mote that's in thy brother's eye? Meditate on it. To accept circumstances, for I have learned in whatsoever state that I am therewith to be content, Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. And as we walk the narrow road, many times we are distracted and we even falter because we fail to meditate on the right things or we meditate on the wrong things. I mean, let's face it. It would be hard to be spiritual if you focused on internet porn all day and night. If that's your focus, if that's what you meditate on, it would be hard to be spiritual. Or if you only listen to music 
and you never picked up your Bible, I mean, you know all the lyrics. I've heard some of you sing. You know all the lyrics to all the songs. Some of you can even quote whole movies and whole, whole TV programs. You've seen them so many times. Yet the Bible is dust-covered throughout the week. I mean, just follow the money many times. Advertisers spend billions to get out their name brand. You know, I mean, how do you can remember? I mean, how do you, if you grew up in the 70s, you'll remember Volare, whoa, come drive. Volare today, ride small, the comfortable way. Volare, you remember that song, don't you? Folks, I was seven years old when that song came out. I'm 44 and still remember it. I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. I'd like to buy the world a Coke and keep it company. You know the song. People spend billions of dollars. They spent a lot of money for me to be 44 years old and still remember that. Joe Wells, who is going to be speaking at the Strawberry Formal, at the Youth Devo at the Strawberry Formal this year, he wrote this. Here's his picture. Don't run. I'll, I'll tell him that. Are you aware, he said, are you aware companies spend on an average roughly $17 billion each, that's with a B, $17 billion each year to market to teenagers? That's a 170% increase just since 1983. Man, children under the age of 14 will spend roughly $40 billion each year. No wonder they want to market to them. Follow the money. It's estimated that teenagers will spend a total of $280 billion in the year 2011. Estimates show that children ages 12 to 14 have an average income of $2,167. Next time you need $10, borrow it from your child. They got it. It says here, teens 15 to 17 year old have an estimated annual income of $4,023. It's a lot of money. Follow the money. Follow the money, right? Stats for adults are no better. Stats for adults are no better. We can remember the Coke products, and the Dr. Pepper commercial, and the Valare commercial. How many of your, how many of you wives, can quote Colossians three eighteen? How many of you husbands can quote, or even have meditated on Colossians three nineteen? How many of you children have even looked up Colossians three twenty? I'm not going to tell you what it is. Look it up. How many of you fathers have meditated on Colossians three twenty one? How many of you employees even know that there is a Colossians 3.22? How many of you bosses have even considered the fact that you may be hurting your employees because you haven't read Colossians 4 verse 1? Okay, okay, stop. We get it. <laughs> stop it. We get it. We're, we're deficit in our meditation. How, pray tell, do we fix this problem? How do we meditate? Well, let's look back at our beginning passages that Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, and 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15. The first thing that we can glean is that we need to be selective. 
We need to be selective. If you are going to meditate, ponder, or think on something, be selective. Don't just ponder, think, or meditate on just any old thing. Does, you, does what you ponder on have to be restricted to the Bible, though? Well, no. No, it, it, not necessarily. Paul said, whatever things. Whatever things. These things need to have the qualities, of course, that are listed in the Bible. And, of course, the Bible can help us determine and define what we will meditate on. I mean... The Bible is our primary focus, should be our primary focus in our meditation. Our primary focus should be God's Word. You know, I meditated on a history program the other night and came up with the fact that God is not the author of confusion. I pondered over it. I thought about it. I meditated on it. Things we meditate on must be good things. But if you, if you want to reach greater heights, of course, the primary focus should be God's Word. Read it every day. Read it with prayer. The psalmist's advice is this, to read it out loud, the psalmist said in Psalm chapter 1 and verse 2. Let you hear you with God's thoughts on your lips. Read it out loud. Brother Watkins gives advice that you might, as you meditate over a passage, to ask yourself a question or two. Is, is there a truth that I should know from these verses? Or is there something that I should start doing or, or stop doing? From this verse that I'm reading, this verse that I'm meditating on, this verse that I'm pondering on, I'm imagining. David prayed in, in Psalm 19, verse 14. He prayed, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. And what Paul tells us to meditate on will certainly make our meditation acceptable to God. Now, maybe you're like me. You've been meditating on, on, on biblical things in a biblical way and you didn't even know it. You had no idea that you were doing that. Maybe you've meditated or you've thought about or, or you've pondered. You've imagined yourself being a Christian. Maybe you've even imagined yourself walking down the aisle. That's not imagining anymore. Let's make it a reality. What do you say? Right now, it's together we stand and sing.